Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. So the Bible reading is from Galatians chapter 5 and verses 16 to 25. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Well, we continue in our, our, big, our, our series, the, the Big Story of the Bible, Finding our place in God's story. You see, the Bible tells one big unified story that finds its climax in Jesus. And so it's a story about God and it's the true story of the world. And I invite you to find your place within the story. And today we're still in Act 5, the story of the church spreading the good news of the king. And today we're still in Scene 5 a transformed people. You see, the problem, that the problem with the whole world is humanity. You will remember that God created a good world that has turned bad because humanity has grasped for that fruit of autonomy. You see, we, we think we know what is best, and so we, we turn our backs on God and we decide to define good and evil on our own terms. And there's evil in our hearts. Our hearts are selfish and self-centered and greedy. The heart of the problem is the problem of the human heart. Humanity has become corrupted. And so Jesus comes not just to forgive us, to forgive humanity, but to renew humanity, to restore us, to make us new again. And so when we put our faith in Jesus, we're not just forgiven, we are transformed by the Holy Spirit. You see, when you put your faith in Jesus, you, you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, who is the, the very presence and power of God, comes into your life. It flows into your life and empowers you and transforms you. And you become a new creation. You become new again. The renewed humanity you become a whole new person. 
and you receive the, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Isn't that amazing? Now, now perhaps you're like me and you're thinking, wow, that's amazing. Transformation, new creation, fruits of the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's amazing. But there's just one problem. I've put my faith in Jesus. Uh, and if I'm honest, I have to admit that, that I'm still selfish. And I still get really impatient, especially in slow traffic or if the computer freezes. And I get frustrated and irritable and snappy. Just, just ask Victoria. And, and I don't always put other people's interests above mine. And I don't always do the good that I want to do. Why? Why do we still struggle with selfishness? Well, Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17, he says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. You see, although we've received the Holy Spirit, we still have the same old flesh. And we still have the, the same old body and mind. And, and, and our body and our mind, our flesh, seems to be hardwired, pre-programmed, you know, predisposed towards selfishness. And the flesh has these desires in fact, the English word desire isn't strong enough. It's too weak a translation. A definition of the Greek word translated desire, a better definition would be something like an excessive, self-indulgent craving that displaces proper affections for God. This is an intense craving for something other than God. It's a tense craving for something, believing that that something would be able to truly satisfy you, but it can never truly satisfy you because only God can truly satisfy you. And so you can see how these, these intense cravings of the flesh are in conflict with the desires of the Holy Spirit. And every follower of Jesus has this internal conflict of these it's very selfish, intense desires of the flesh and the desires of the Holy Spirit. So how do we respond uh, uh, to this inner conflict? Well, we could either, three ways we could respond. One, lawlessness. Two, legalism. Or three, by walking in the Spirit. So firstly, lawlessness, slave to self. That means we, we simply gratify the cravings of the flesh. We, we, we simply give in to the cravings of the flesh. In other words, we do nothing. We're just giving. And uh, we, we could easily say things like, well, well it's, God forgives us freely. It's all, all about grace. 
God, God doesn't mind. It's, it's, it's not about rules and religion. It's about grace. And as long as it's satisfying to me, as long as I'm being true to myself, then it's okay. Anything goes. And it's so easy to abuse God's grace as a license to simply gratify the cravings of the flesh. And so Paul warns us in Galatians chapter 5 and verses 19 to 21, when you follow the desires of your flesh, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasure, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these, which pretty much covers it. And then he goes on, let me tell you again, as I, I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so over here, Paul is warning us of the very real consequences of simply gratifying the cravings of the flesh. And it, it's a horrible list. And, and it destroys relationships. It will destroy your relationship with other people. It will destroy your relationship with God. And ultimately, it will destroy you. The second way we can respond is through legalism. Slave to the law. The second way we can respond to this conflict between the, the cravings of the flesh and the desires of the Holy Spirit is simply by trying to work harder. To work really, really hard at overcoming the desires and the cravings of the flesh. Or, or by working really, really hard to obey all the laws, all the rules in, in, in the Bible. By just working really hard. But unfortunately, that just leads to legalism. What's the problem with legalism? Well, legalism will lead to guilt and despair or it will lead to pride. You see, if you, if you try to produce the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit in your life by just trying really, really hard, you will fail. You won't be able to do it. And then you'll feel guilty. And you'll feel like giving up in despair because you'll feel it, it's just too hard. It's just impossible to change. You'll be left with guilt and despair. Or you'll be left with pride. You see, at best, you'll be able to produce some kind of imitation fruit of the Holy Spirit, whereby you, you're acting in a loving way, you're acting in a patient way, you're acting in a kind way, but it's not authentic. It's not real. And it will lead to pride. You'll end up saying, well, look at me, look how loving I am, look how kind I am, look how patient I am. Aren't I much better than other people? And that's pride, and that's not very humble, and that means you don't have the fruits of the Spirit. Another problem with legalism is that it actually increases, it heightens the cravings. I'll give you an example. When I was very young uh, uh, and I was playing in the living room, my mom would walk in and say, Michael, don't play with that vase over there. It's breakable and it's very expensive. No, no, I was a young boy. I had no desire to play with a vase. I mean, the thought hadn't even 
entered my mind or crossed my mind that I, I could play with the vase. But as soon as my mom said, do not play with that vase, suddenly I wanted to play with that vase. My, my heart started producing all these desires to play with the, with, with the vase. It actually heightened and increased the cravings. Legalism can't change your heart. Uh, obeying rules cannot change your heart. The law is powerless to change you in the inside. You know, the law might be able to change your outward behavior, but it can never change your heart. At best, the law might produce this kind of imitation fruit whereby you, you're acting in a loving way, you're acting in a kind way, you're acting in a patient way, but, but it won't last. Because it's inauthentic. It's fake. You might be able to, to fool other people. You, you might even be able to fool yourself for a while, but it won't last. Because it's inauthentic. It doesn't come from within. Legalism can't change your heart. How should we respond to this inner conflict between the flesh and the spirit? Is there another way? Well, Paul says yes. Paul says there's a third way, and that's the way of the Spirit, which leads to true freedom. Freedom from lawlessness. Freedom from legalism. Paul writes in verse 16, he says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Freedom from lawlessness. But doesn't it strike you a bit odd? Paul doesn't say, walk by the Spirit and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. No, he doesn't say that. He says, and you will not gratify the desires. It, it's, it's a promise. If you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Does that mean that the desires of the flesh just magically disappear? No, he doesn't say that. The desires are still there, but you will no longer gratify them. You will no longer give in to them. Why? Is it because you're working really, really hard? No, it's simply because you're walking by the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that is empowering you and enabling you to walk like Jesus. And then Paul writes in verse 18, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Freedom from legalism. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we are no longer under the law. That means we, it's no longer the law of Moses or the rules in the Bible that direct our life and lead our life. No, it's the Holy Spirit that now leads our life and directs our life. It's all about opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us. How? How does that happen? Well, Paul says, as we've just looked at, Paul says in verse 16, walk by the Spirit. Verse 18, be led by the Spirit. Verse 25, keep in step with the Spirit. 
This is all about being in tune with the Spirit. And the way we're in tune with the Spirit is not by trying really, really hard. It's not by working really, really hard, trying to produce the, the fruits of the Spirit in our life as if it's another rule we now have to obey. Oh, now, now I need to be loving and kind and patient. I've got all these rules. No, you, you can't produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life by, by just trying really hard. Being in tune with the Spirit means opening ourselves up to the Spirit. You see, it's the Holy Spirit that comes into our life and produces these fruits. That's why it's called the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that produces this fruit in your life. How do we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit? Well, we need to involve the Holy Spirit in every decision we make. When we need to make a decision, we need to be praying about it. And when we make a decision, if we feel uncomfortable afterwards, that's probably the Holy Spirit's prompting you that you've made the wrong choice. You made the wrong decision. And other times when you make a decision and suddenly you have this deep inner peace, that's the Holy Spirit prompting you that you've made the right decision, that you are in step with the Spirit. Another way that we open ourselves up to the Spirit is through reading the Bible regularly, praying regularly, meeting together to worship together regularly, taking communion together, encouraging each other. Being in tune with the Holy Spirit is all about falling in love with God. It's about becoming completely captivated by Jesus, by really realizing how awesome and awe-inspiring Jesus is and allowing Jesus uh, by, uh, to transform you by His love and compassion and forgiveness and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. Sometimes the reason why we don't have the fruits of the Spirit in our life is simply because we don't realize how beautiful Jesus is. We, we, we just don't see it. We just can't see how, how awesome and awe-inspiring Jesus is. And so it's by reading the Bible, and it's by praying, and it's by worshiping together that we become captivated by Jesus, and we become in, inspired by Jesus, and we, we stand in awe of Jesus, and we allow Him to transform us. And we become more and more open to the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding and prompting us. And we become a little bit more in tune to that still small voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And then, gradually and mysteriously, but inevitably, the Holy Spirit will start producing fruit. Authentic, intrinsic organic fruit in your life and will produce a harvest of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wouldn't you love that kind of harvest in your life? I know I sure do. I can remember when I was still living in, in South Africa, I heard a, a Baptist pastor was telling us a story uh, about a time he led this uh, very notorious guy to, to faith in Jesus. This guy was very well known in town as being, uh, uh, 
you're a real party animal. He would always go out and get drunk. He would take drugs, and he was living with his his longtime girlfriend. But he really wasn't that committed to her. He was he was simply gratifying all the desires of his flesh. But he felt that there was something missing in his life. And so this Baptist pastor encouraged him to turn to Jesus, to to put his faith in Jesus. But this guy said, yeah, but pastor, you know, if I do that, if I put my faith in Jesus, then I'm going to have to stop partying and drinking and going out, and uh, I'm going to have to stop living with my girlfriend. And I don't want to do that. And so the pastor said to him, look, you don't have to give up any of that. All you have to do is put your your faith in Jesus and receive His forgiveness and His love into your life. And then start praying, talking to Jesus, and read your Bible. Have a relationship with Jesus. You see, it's not about rules and religions. It's about a relationship. It's about a relationship with Jesus. And so this guy put his faith in Jesus, and the pastor prayed for him, and then he gave him a Bible. A number of weeks later, there was this this knock on the door at the pastor's house. And the pastor opened his door, and there was this guy standing on his doorstep with with his girlfriend. And he said, hey, pastor, you tricked me. And the pastor was like, what What, what do you mean? He said, you said, hey, pastor, you said that if I put my faith in Jesus, that I didn't have to stop drinking and partying and going out, and I, and I didn't have to stop living with my girlfriend. pastor said, yes, that's right. That's what I said. And the guy said, you tricked me. Ever since I put my faith in Jesus, I've been reading my Bible and I've been praying. Now I don't want to go out anymore. And I don't want to get drunk. And I don't want to live with my girlfriend anymore. We want to get married. We want you to marry us. This was a guy who had been changed from the inside. This was a guy who had been transformed by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we confess that we do struggle with the inner conflict. We so often don't do the good we want to do, and, and so often we do the bad things that we don't want to do. And Father, we confess that we are selfish. And Father, we, we confess at times we just give in to it, and other times we, we just try really hard, and we fall down the, the legalist route, and then we become full of pride and judgmental, and we look down on others. Father, won't you forgive us? Won't you forgive us? Father, we thank you that you provided the solution, that you came and you loved us and you died for us because you love us and you want to set us free, free from sin. You want us to become everything you created us to be and called us to be. Father, help us just to become captivated with you. Help us to stand in awe of you. Help us to love you and to receive your love and forgiveness to receive your Holy Spirit and to allow your Holy Spirit to transform us. Help us to fall in love with you afresh every day and to worship you. And Father, we pray that 
by your Holy Spirit, you would create that harvest within us. That harvest of love, joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and self-control. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. For more information, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk